sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Last night in the sports world, no playoffs. Sad. Tonight in the sports world, the postseason is back. Happy here on a Tuesday, on the morning after on Sports Grid in Sirius XM Channel 159, the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM, all across the Spiz Grizz Network. Welcome to hour number two. I am Ben Stevens. The first night of the Eastern Conference Finals in the NBA. In Miami, the line is starting to move a little bit more in favor of the home team. The Heat now laying two and over under of 204. That's the Eastern Conference Finals in the NBA. But tonight in the NHL, the Stanley Cup playoffs are back as well. The second round, the conference semifinals across the slate in the National Hockey League. And before we dive in to what we have now in this second round in the NHL, we go big picture to give you that perspective of where the league stands in the hunt to hoist Lord Stanley's Cup. Now, the Colorado Avalanche had a very easy opening round against the Nashville Predators. A sweep, they've been off the ice for quite some time, and their odds to win a Stanley Cup reflect just that, plus 210 for Colorado as the favorites to win the Stanley Cup right now. Better than a dollar and a half ahead of the next shortest price. That would be the Florida Panthers at plus 370. The Panthers in action for the first game of their second round series in the Eastern Conference semifinals tonight. We'll look at those lines in just a moment. Three of the five best odds right now to win the Stanley Cup hail from the Eastern Conference. Again, an indication, as we have seen all postseason long in the National Hockey League, that the Avs are booked as a betting favorite to not only win the Stanley Cup, but now a minus money odds on favorite to win the West at minus 115. We'll show you some prices on the Avs that back all of that up heading in to the Western Conference semifinals in which they open up play tonight as well. But we start in the Eastern Conference, an in-state showdown between the two-time reigning Stanley Cup champs and the Florida Panthers, who again are the favorites to win the East, the President, President's Cup's winners of this regular season in the NHL as well. And a home favorite tonight in Sunrise, Florida, against the Lightning. Minus 160 is that live money line right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook in favor of the Panthers tonight. And you are going to see in both this game for Florida and Tampa Bay in our next game out west between Colorado and St. Louis, two very highly booked totals, both at seven. Now, the over has plus money. The under has juice, but just something to keep in mind when you see those numbers. No surprise to see Florida as a favorite, even against the two-time reigning Stanley Cup champs. The Panthers are the favorites to win the Eastern Conference, thus in game number one tonight at home, on home ice, even against the Lightning, you're going to see that line booked at over a dollar and a half in favor of Florida. So minus 160, the money line price on the Panthers as a home ice favorite tonight against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And once again, an over-under that currently stands at seven. That is the same total for St. Louis and Colorado tonight in game number one of their Western Conference semifinal showdown in Colorado. In Denver, the Avs, a big, big favorite tonight against St. Louis. That should not be a surprise with a team that, again, is minus money at minus 115 to win the Western Conference. And a team in Colorado that is booked as the betting favorites 
to win the Stanley Cup by over a dollar and a half at plus 210. Laying more than two bills tonight at home, minus 215. We'll go back to those odds in just a mere moment here. But first, we welcome our Sports Grid Radio audience here, the second hour of the morning after, live here on a Tuesday on Sirius XM Channel 159 and all of our terrestrial radio affiliates now in the mix as well. I am Ben Stevens. A great hour number two for you and a huge Tuesday in sports. The postseason returns both in the NBA, the Eastern Conference Finals, and in the NHL where the conference semifinals get underway tonight. NHL.com's Pete Jensen will join us at the end of this second hour for a full-blown breakdown and preview of everything you need to know the rest of the way in the Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll also check in not just on the NBA from an Eastern Conference Finals perspective, but also the NBA draft lottery tonight. The numbers you need to know, the prospects to keep an eye on, and how everything should shake out as we lead in to the Eastern Conference Finals in the opening game tonight in Miami. Again, the line moving. The Heat, a two-point favorite now against the Boston Celtics in game number one. It's game number one of the Western Conference semifinals, as we just detailed for you, in Colorado, where the Avs are a minus 215 money line favorite. Minus 215 as a money line favorite against the St. Louis Blues. Both totals tonight in over, under, at seven. And if you see minus 215 on the Colorado Avalanche to win game number one, it should not be a surprise to see where the Avs are in the series outright price against the Blues. Minus 400. In game one, minus 400 on Colorado tonight in that series outright price against St. Louis. The Avs are laying a game and a half in the series spread as well. And look at the juice there. Minus 160 on the Avalanche. An Avalanche of a lot of snow expected in the Western Conference semifinals. An Avs team that was booked as a $3, even $4 favorite in individual games at times in their opening round sweep against the Nashville Predators, laying two dollars and 15 cents minus 215 on that money line as the strong home ice favorites tonight in Colorado against the St. Louis Blues and again minus 400 in that series outright price if they win tonight what does that number look like tomorrow minus 650 maybe even greater that's where the Avs stand here as we get ready for the second round the semifinals of the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs NBA draft lottery news of notes up next SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back right here on a Tuesday live on Sports Grid and the morning after. Sirius XM Channel 159, the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM and all across the Sports Grid Network. I am Ben Stevens. It's a huge night in the association. No, not just because it's the opening night of the conference finals out east in Miami with the Heat as a two-point favorite, but also the NBA draft lottery for the teams that didn't make the playoffs in the NBA. Hope springs eternal tonight in those little ping pong bowls going around and around and around and who has the best chances based on a poor regular season to add a future star to their rotation and roster the three teams with the three best chances based 
on the update to the NBA draft lottery back at the end of the 2019 season would be the Houston Rockets, the Orlando Magic, and the Detroit Pistons, all with a 14% chance tonight to get that number one overall pick for the NBA draft lottery. Here are the six teams with the six best percentages to nab that number one overall pick. The Houston Rockets had the worst record in the NBA at the end of this season, but themselves, the Magic, and the Pistons, all with a 14% chance. Of course, Detroit drafting number one overall last year, selecting Cade Cunningham. Houston had the second overall pick. They go with Jalen Green, also pick 16 in the first round. So these teams at the bottom of the association this year, a chance based on tonight's percentages to add a lot of talent to next year's team. The Oklahoma City Thunder, the fourth best shot at the number one overall pick, 12.5%. Drops from there. The Indiana Pacers in that top five at 10.5. And the Portland Trailblazers end out the top six best chances with a 9% chance to get number one overall for the upcoming 2022 NBA draft just over a month from now, Thursday, June 23rd. So you'll see these percent chances. The Rockets have a better percent chance of selecting at number one overall, 14%, than they do at number two. But a team like the Blazers, for instance, who have a 9% chance of selecting number one overall, their chances of a top five pick all hovering around that 9%. In fact, when you look at their odds to select in the top four, about a 36.4% chance. What does all of those numbers and percentages mean? That not just your percentage chance of selecting number one overall, but that's how it also factors out for number two, number three, number four, which is technically the draft lottery. So you see those chances right there on the Rockets, Magic, and Pistons. All 14% chances to draft number one overall next month for the 2022 NBA draft. And the draft lottery has changed a ton in the past three decades or so. But since 1990, and again, it's changed multiple times, the last time in 2019 to try to de-incentivize tanking to the utmost degree. That's why three teams all have a 14% chance. But again, since 1990, with the latest change to the draft lottery coming in 2019, the team with the best chance, with the best percentage to draft number one overall has only gotten the number one overall pick just seven times. So since 1990, the teams with the best percent chances to draft number one overall have only selected number one overall by the time we got to the NBA draft just seven times so keep that in mind although houston has the best shot alongside the magic alongside the pistons we're not entirely sure how it's going to shake out tonight based on the nba draft lottery and everybody wants that number one overall pick but as you will see with the odds there's a clear delineation between the top three prospect based on those prices and the rest of the field as we fall deeper into the NBA draft lottery. Right now, the betting favorite to go number one overall on the FanDuel Sportsbook, Jabari Smith, the outstanding freshman from Auburn. Even money, plus 100, but some slight, and I mean very slight movement in these odds in the last 24 hours. Last night when I checked this market, Jabari Smith was an odds-on favorite, minus 115. Only 15 cents of movement against Jabari Smith and working in Chet Holmgren's favor, the outstanding freshman from Gonzaga this past season. He has the second best price at plus 135, joined by another freshman from this past year in college hoops, Paolo Banquero out of Duke. No, not Patrick Mahomes. That's an F1 Miami joke, but Paolo Banquero out of Duke, plus 420. Those three odds to go number one overall, a big difference and a big fall off next 
to Jaden Ivey at 35 to 1 out of Purdue. Shaden Sharp, who did not play this past year at Kentucky, but based on eligibility, will probably be a top five pick or at least top 10 in the NBA draft, 65 to 1, and even further drop off to the sixth best odds to go number one overall. Johnny Davis out of Wisconsin at 170 to 1 right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. So it will be a battle after we know the draft lottery tonight and who is picking number one overall and what their team draft needs might be, what these odds look like tomorrow morning. Might they go with Jabari Smith, who has been compared to guys like Kevin Durant, a pure scorer, can do it all at a frame of 6'10, or Chet Holmgren, who is seven feet but runs the floor like a point guard at plus 135. Take a note of these odds right now and see where they stand tomorrow morning based on the draft order following the lottery tonight. A couple of notes here I just want to bring up about an against-the-spread perspective for some teams that should draft very early on in the upcoming 2022 NBA draft. The Pistons, who have a 14% chance to draft number one overall. The Oklahoma City Thunder, who have the fourth-best shot at 12.5% to draft Number one overall, two great cover teams a season ago. Oklahoma City was the second best cover team in the NBA. They were booked as an underdog in 79 of their 82 games, and they covered at a clip of 61.3%. They had the second best cover percentage in the entire NBA in the regular season, as you saw right there. And the Detroit Pistons also in the top 10, 44, 36, and 2, the eighth best ATS record in the association, but it got even better after the All-Star break. Now, Detroit didn't cover in any of their final three games of the regular season, but in the 21 prior to that, so 24 in total after the All-Star break, didn't cover in the final three, but in the 21 prior to that, following the All-Star break, Detroit covered in 17 of 21 games. So I bring these up to say, although these teams are drafting in the lottery, you can feel maybe optimistic about their trending direction in the NBA because when you're not expected to win basketball games and you're booked as an underdog Oklahoma City 79 of 82 Detroit 75 of 82 regular season games you're booked as an underdog at a substantial rate and you are covering numbers it shows you're competitive it shows that your young talent roster has some fight in them and maybe that leads to more wins not just covers but wins in the seasons to come especially if you can add a top five pick like Detroit and Oklahoma City seem to be in a good standing to do tonight in the NBA draft lottery. The NBA draft lottery leads us in to the NBA postseason, returning tonight in game number one of the Eastern Conference Finals in Miami. Again, the line is working just slightly, but in favor of the Heat on this Tuesday morning. Booked as a one-and-a-half-point favorite until about half an hour ago. That line now stands at two. In favor of Miami, live on the FanDuel Sportsbook. The money line moved pretty quickly, but now it's just minus 126 in favor of Miami. About the same money line when the spread was only a point and a half now that the hook has been added on. And the total is at 204, dropping by about a point, point and a half in the last 24 to 36 hours after we knew what the Eastern Conference Finals matchup was going to be on Sunday evening. 204 is the lowest total for both Boston and Miami this postseason. Miami under in four of the six games in their Eastern Conference semifinal series against the Philadelphia 76ers, under in all five of their opening round series against the Atlanta Hawks. Boston under in five of the seven against the Bucks, 
So we are trending toward an under and under in those final two for the Celtics in that series against Milwaukee. But I don't know. This is a pretty low total at 204. Kevin brought up the point earlier. I would stay away from the totals as they stand. Now, Miami at home as a home favorite, booked as a home favorite in all six of their home playoff games so far this postseason. 6-0 straight up, 5-1 against the spread. Boston a road underdog five times. 5-0 against the number. Four of those five covers outright wins. That's what we have for game number one in the East tonight. We go to the NFL up next on the morning app. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Each and every day here on the morning after, we want you to get on the grid, to bleed the winning edge with us each and every single day. Now it's time to get on the grid iron with Megan Payton here on a Tuesday on the morning after on Sports Grid. I am Ben Stevens. MP joins us once again because the NFL offseason never slows down. We had the schedule release last week, and now we have week one odds out, week two odds out affecting the futures market, and maybe some players are former players potentially joining us once again for the 2022 NFL campaign. MP, a pleasure to have you back on the morning after on this Tuesday. Thank you, Ben. A pleasure to be here. And you are right. The odds are up. So as we've always said, and we'll continue to say, the NFL always has something going on. And there is always a major headline going on. As you just mentioned, are there going to be some comeback players joining the NFL again? I don't know, but I'm excited to get into that with you. Because dominating the storylines on Sunday afternoon in the National Football League was, in fact, a former player in Drew Brees, somebody that Megan knows very well. Now, Drew Brees's future in media, having worked for NBC last year, might be a little bit up in the air, according to reports, which led to Drew Brees tweeting this out on Sunday afternoon, early Sunday evening. He said in this tweet, did Drew, that despite speculation from media about my future this fall, I'm currently undecided. I may work for NBC. I may play football again. Notice that point. I may focus on business and philanthropy. I may train for the pickleback tour, senior golf tour, coach my kids, or all of the above. I'll let you know. I may play football again, MP, is what caught people's attention. But the rest of this tweet makes me feel like Drew was just having some fun on a Sunday. What is your takeaway from Drew Brees in this tweet? This was amazing, Ben. I mean, could you imagine Drew Brees returning to the New Orleans Saints? New Orleans reporters, by the way, all over this. The headlines, could Drew Brees return? And of course, Saints head coach Dennis Allen was asked about this, and he said he believed that the comments were made in jest, you know, as an amusement joke. I'd have to agree here with head coach Dennis Allen. I don't think Drew Brees is returning. 
Having said that, if there was a time for Drew Brees to return, I think this season is it. Are you kidding me? The Saints wide receiver room is looking so deep right now with Michael Thomas coming back. We've got five-time Pro Bowler Jarvis Landry signing with the Saints and former Ohio State receiver Chris Olave being drafted in the first round. So if there was a time for Drew Brees to return to the New Orleans Saints, I'd say right now is a pretty good time. However, I do think that this was as head coach Dennis Allen said, probably just a joke. And the tweet right before this one on Breeze's timeline was about that very idea, all that New Orleans has added this offseason. Jarvis Juice Landry signing over the weekend, Tyron Matthew on the other side. Drew was like, it wants to make me come back and play football when he's seeing all of this. Now, Megan, as we look at the Saints' odds in this offseason right now for the 2022 NFL campaign. You'll see a team win total at eight and a half where the under has the juice plus 140 to make the postseason just barely missing out on an NFC wildcard spot a season ago and the second best odds within the NFC South division at plus 380 a division the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are a minus 320 favorite in the best odds in any division in all the National Football League. I pose you this question MP for an organization a franchise that you know very well in the New Orleans Saints. Do you believe that Drew Brees for 2022 at the age of 43 would be an upgrade at the quarterback spot? Oh, that's a tough question, Ben. I think, you know, this is Jameis Winston's team right now, and I'm excited to see what he's going to do because last year it was cut short. Now, however, putting a future Hall of Fame quarterback back on your roster, that's not a bad move either. So. I think either way, the Saints are in a good position. But right now, as head coach Dennis Allen has said, this is Jameis Winston's year. This is his time to shine. And you just mentioned the over or the odds here for the Saints. Now, I love the over here, Ben, on all of them. Mm. I mean, are you kidding me? Eight and a half wins. Let's talk about last year. The Saints were nine and eight last year. Should I remind everyone that they had four quarterbacks in 2021? The receivers position was absolutely crazy up in the air. Michael Thomas not playing at all. They had a hurricane at the beginning of the season, causing them to evacuate to Texas for a couple months. The Saints are absolutely going to hit the over here, and I think they can sweep the Bucks because they've done it in the past. I know I'm biased, yep. Ben, but I'm taking all of the overs here. They have dominated the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the regular season. Tom got the last laugh in the 2020 or the <laughs> 2020 postseason, but still, they have had Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers number in the regular season. Speaking of that NFC South division, the Carolina Panthers, <laughs> the Atlanta Falcons, <laughs> there's four wins right there to get you to the over of your eight and a half team win total that right now has plus money. And in my humble opinion, I think at this stage, Jameis Winston for 2022 is a better quarterback option than Drew Brees. We saw Drew in 2020 with the arm strength not necessarily there. And this is not taking away from Drew Brees or where he stands on the pantheon of some of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history. Second in career passing yards only behind Tom Brady. Second in career passing touchdowns only behind Tom Brady, a Super Bowl champion, a 13-time Pro Bowler. That is where Drew, Drew Brees is, or at least was during his career. Right now, I'm not sure it's an improvement to bring him into New Orleans where he would want to be the starter. I don't think Drew just goes to be in the quarterback room just to be around, but who knows? But that's where I think it stands 
for New Orleans right now. And I think there's enough talent there for Jameis Winston, especially offensively, to have some success. And I think MP brings up a great point. With the plus money to the over of that team win total at 8.5, a very intriguing number for a team in the NFC that you've heard both Megan and I say is a much easier path to the postseason in that conference as compared to the AFC, which is our focus now, MP. The schedule released last week some divisional duels to start us off in the opening week of the 2022 NFL campaign with odds out already on the FanDuel Sportsbook. In the AFC North, they say throw out the record books. There's no love lost at any time <laughs> between divisional opponents, and that's what we'll see in week number one. The reigning AFC champion, Cincinnati Bengals, near a six-point favorite in their opening week matchup against the Pittsburgh Steelers. MP, how early would you dive into a week one line in the NFL? With this game specifically, I dive in right now because mm. the Steelers and Bengals rivalry is one of the greatest in the history of sports. They've met yep. 105 times, the Steelers leading 67 to 38. However, Steelers are in a very tough situation right now. Their quarterback position, very unknown. They drafted Kenny Pickett. They signed veteran Mitch Trubisky. I don't know what they're going to do, but the Bengals are a team that I feel very comfortable betting on. The last time these two teams met up, it was 41-10, to 10, I believe, was the final. So not only are the Bengals going to win here, I think that they're going to cover they went to the Super Bowl. They've got Joe Burrow, who is obviously a guy that has been very dominant for them. Jamar Chase, Offensive Rookie of the Year with over 1,400 receiving yards. To me, I don't mind betting early on this. The Bengals are going to be a very competitive team this year. And where might this line be come week one? Could it move yeah. past that key number of seven? There's a potential. And over under right now at 44 and a half. That's good AFC North football. And it's a reminder of how competitive this division is going to be this year. Look at the odds right now in the AFC North. Co-favorites, the Baltimore Ravens, the Cleveland Browns, both at 2-1, to one, but only 10 cents ahead of the Cincinnati Bengals, who won this division, won the AFC, represented this conference in the Super Bowl. MP, I think Cincinnati getting a little bit of disrespect here early on. Some big prices on the Bengals, a team that surprised us all last year by making the AFC Championship game, by making the Super Bowl, surpassing a team win total at six and a half, but the Bengals only got better this offseason. They added to their offensive line. They bolstered protection for their biggest asset in Joe Burrow. I would look at the Bengals' prices in all of these offseason futures markets. I completely agree. I was really surprised when I saw these odds, and I do think it's a little bit disrespectful to the Bengals, given that Joe Burrow had a 108.3 passer rating. They made it to the Super Bowl. Now, the Ravens did have a good offseason. Their biggest move in free agency was signing former Saints safety Marcus Williams. They then drafted safety Kyle Hamilton, so their secondary is all set. They also have uh, cornerbacks Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters, but they need to figure out the receiver position. Of course, we saw in the draft, uh, Hollywood Brown, no longer with the Ravens, headed to Arizona. So Lamar Jackson may have gotten some protection drafting center Tyler Linderbaum. However, who is he going to throw the ball to? To me, the Bengals are the clear bet here. 
And when you look at the Cleveland Browns, a lot still up in the air with Deshaun Watson, who will meet with the yeah. league this week, according to reports, to discuss his eligibility for the 2022 NFL campaign. You think the AFC North is going to be tough? The AFC West also about to be a gauntlet. The Chiefs, the favorites at plus 155. The Chargers, the second best price at plus 240. The Broncos now with Russell Wilson, plus 260. And the Raiders, a playoff team last year, MP, the longest odds in this division at 7-1. to one. We'll see the Raiders in the Chargers week number one with LA, a four-point favorite. The AFC West as well, Megan, is going to be incredibly difficult this year. This is going to be my favorite and most excited division to look at because the Chargers Raiders game, by the way, in 2021 was one of the best regular season games we've seen ending in overtime with the Raiders winning. But of course, with Russell Wilson now in Denver, this AFC West division is going to be dominant and it is going to live up to the hype. I think it will as well. So much talent in this division and in the AFC North and so much talent from Megan Payton every time she joins us here on the morning after mp as always thank you for your time thank you so much ben always fun talking football we're getting closer and closer cannot wait closer and closer more of the morning after up next sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com Chase for Lord Stanley's Cup returns tonight in the NHL postseason, the opening games of our second round, the conference semifinal series in the National Hockey League. Welcome back to the morning after live here on this Tuesday on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens. If you want expertise, if you want insight for everything you need to know entering the conference semifinals, in the Stanley Cup playoffs, well, stay right here for the next 14 minutes or so because NHL.com's Pete Jensen joins us now, the host of the Fantasy on Ice podcast to provide the perspective now as the playoffs return to our lives in the NHL this evening. Pete, thank you so much for joining us here on this Tuesday on the morning after. Great to be with you, Ben. And yeah, looking forward to some of these rivalries in the second round, right? All the teams, I think, have either met in recent memory or had you know, an amazing rivalry like Calgary and Edmonton haven't met in a couple decades in the playoffs, but we know they're from the same province of Alberta. So uh, that's really exciting. And then the Avs and the Blues met last year. It was a sweep. I think it'll be closer this year. Canes and Rangers met a couple years ago in the bubble. That was a sweep. I think it could be a little closer as well. And then the Battle of Florida, which was one of the best playoff series of the entire postseason yeah. last year, we get 2.0. We get a rematch with Aaron Ekblad this time. So excited about all these series in round two. A rematch for the Lightning and the Panthers. Tampa Bay in that postseason a season ago on their way to their second consecutive Stanley Cup. Looking for a three-peat. And the road continues on. And Pete, this past weekend... All across the postseason, both in the NBA and the NHL, we saw tons of Game 7s, and it was electric between the Lightning and the Maple Leafs. But Tampa continues on. What have you made of the postseason run? Now for the Lightning, looking for that third straight Stanley Cup. It's tough to pick against them at this point. I had them going back to the finals. You can make the argument. Um, you know, I had that pick at the beginning of the year, but 
I stuck with it. And you can make the argument, you know, this team is eventually going to run out of gas. They don't have as much depth as previous years. I think they just beat the best version of the Maple Leafs that we've seen during their playoff series win drought. Uh, the Maple Leafs arguably deserve to win that series in six, but it didn't happen because Vasilevsky uh, became elite. Vasilevsky once again facing elimination, um, following a loss. He's undefeated over the past three postseasons combined. Um, he really, you know, ripped their hearts out a little bit in game yeah. six and then game seven, another vintage performance from him. So one big thing with the Lightning here. Um, maybe a reason why um, they're not the favorite in this series, despite being back-to-back -back cup champions, is because of Braden Point's injury that he sustained in Game 7. Definitely keep an eye on that. I think yeah. that Florida probably would win this series more times than not, but again, it comes down to here and now. Can it come through in the clutch? Florida didn't score a power play goal in the entire series against the Washington Capitals, which is hard to believe. They won it in six. They're going to need to do a heck of a lot more than that with the man advantage to match what Tampa does time and time again. So the Panthers, the favorites to win the Eastern Conference and a home favorite on home ice tonight in game number one against their in-state foe in the Lightning. Minus 160, that money line price on Florida. Pete, when you approach this matchup, two teams from the same state, two teams that know each other very well, especially in the postseason. What's the breakdown like for tonight in the opening game of the Eastern Conference semifinals? Again, we don't know if Point's going to play uh, in the series, hopefully, but he hasn't been ruled out for game one, so definitely keep mm. an eye on that. Um, this team last year, Tampa Bay, went into a series against Florida. Uh, that game one was one of the best games of the entire playoffs last year. It was back and forth, and Tampa won it and took command of the series at that point. So, yeah, I think it's an opportunity for Florida to kind of uh, remind Tampa that they're not going to just get pushed around. Um, Florida, if they get a power play opportunity, uh, the tune could change very quickly. I mentioned they went 0-4 last series against Washington. Um, they could turn that around in a hurry here. Again, one game doesn't mean everything. We saw, right, Tampa got blasted 5 nothing in game one against the Leafs and ended up right. winning that series in seven. So, this isn't make or break for the Lightning, but I think it's a really important impression that the Florida Panthers have to give that they really are the favorite and that they are going to make this year different from last year and really every other year since 1996 when they went to the Cup Final because ever since there, this was just their first playoff series win. So Florida, long story short, is certainly out for respect in Game 1 and wouldn't be surprised if they had a good impression here. Pete, the host of the Fantasy on Ice podcast as well, which we could look at from a DFS or prop perspective and focus on two of the stars for tonight's Game 1 in Sunrise, Florida. Steven Stamkos on one side for the Lightning and, of course, Alexander Barkov on the other. So, Pete, when you look at the biggest stars stepping up now in the conference semifinals, who are a couple of players you're keeping an eye on in this series between the Lightning and the Panthers? I mean, I think I mentioned Aaron Ekblad was a player that didn't play in the whole series last year. Florida lost in six, valiant effort. They had to turn to Spencer Knight in that series, and he looked really good. Remains to be seen if he'll get a look if things go awry for Florida. But yeah, Ekblad's a big X factor. He's one of the top five fantasy producers at the defenseman position in the regular season when he was healthy. And then Claude Giroux is a big one 
for, for Florida because they acquired him at the deadline. He's been a home run so far with 30 points in 24 games combined regular season and playoffs. He's playing with Jonathan Huberto, who's uh, one of the top players and top scorers, tied for second in the regular season. So I'm really looking at that second line. Can they provide Florida with, you know, so much depth and elite scoring to kind of like, you know, match and exceed what the Lightning are going to do, especially if they're without point for any stretch of time. So I'm definitely looking at Claude Giroux, like Ekblad, to be a big X factor and difference maker if Florida is going to put themselves over the top and finally slay the beast that is the Tampa Bay Lightning. That depth, those X factors, this insight coming from Pete Jensen of NHL.com, the host of the Fantasy on Ice podcast. So Pete, as you mentioned, not only is Florida booked as a home favorite tonight in game number one, but a rather substantial favorite in the series outright price against the Tampa Bay Lightning as well. You expect this to be competitive. How many games do you think we'll see between the Lightning and the Panthers? I think you'll probably see at least six, uh, maybe seven. I have lightning in seven on my picks on NHL.com. Um, it's a tough decision because I think definitely right. the Florida Panthers, this is the best team I think that they've ever fielded. Maybe that they ever will field uh, when you look at the fact that, um, you know, I think with Spencer Knight have, being a backup option as a rookie eligible goalie, Jonathan Huberto is going to be entering his contract year next year. They have some other, you know, great producers like uh, um, Anton Lindell, their rookie center on the third line. He's, you know, one of the top even strength point producing rookies, and he's on a, you know, entry level contract right now. So you're not going to get a better lineup than what Florida has put together. But again, they're going to have to finish off the Lightning. The Lightning, we thought maybe their third line would be a weakness, but now this line with Nick Paul and and Hagel, both trade deadline acquisitions, um, really stepped up in the last series. And Ross Colton, another homegrown product. It seems like the Lightning always churn out these types of guys. And, and they still have their clutch big five. Even if points not healthy, it's still a big four. It's still Vasilevsky facing elimination, series clinching games. You know the drill by now. It's going to be tough to finish off the Tampa Bay Lightning. But to answer your question, I do think it will go six or seven. This is going to be an epic series, no doubt. It's hard to win one Stanley Cup. It's hard to win two straight Stanley Cups. It's very hard to win three straight Stanley Cups, but it's also very difficult to pick against the Lightning in the postseason. <laughs> I think this is going to be a great series between two in-state foes, in the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Florida Panthers. The Panthers, a home favorite tonight, as are the Colorado Avalanche, at even a greater price, minus 215. Pete, it's no surprise to see the Avs as the favorites to win the West, the favorites to win the Stanley Cup, and a big favorite tonight in their opening game of their series in the Western Conference semifinals against the St. Louis Blues. What makes the Colorado Avalanche so good, even at this point, in the Stanley Cup playoffs? Well, their top players are as good as anybody's out there with McKinnon. Kale McCarr just had 10 points in four games in the first round, which is a historic start among defensemen in the NHL. So, and then there's Miko Rantanen, Gabriel Landeskog, Nazem Kadri. These guys have excellent career playoff numbers. Of course, with Kadri, um, the only thing that has derailed him in his career has been uh, costly suspensions in the playoffs. It's happened multiple times. It happened last year, and he didn't play at all in the series against Vegas, and you can't help but look at that 
uh, in hindsight and say, if he had played, would they have lost four straight? So Kadri's got to stay disciplined. Um, that team has dealt with injuries and all kinds of things, roadblocks over the past couple of years. So they got to stay healthy. If they stay healthy, you're not going to find a deeper scoring defense. You're not going to see any team out there with more star power. And I think picking up Darcy Kemper in the offseason to replace Philip Grubauer is at least a slight upgrade. And it looks like an even bigger upgrade so far with him being, you know, one of the top five goalies performance wise with save percentage and everything like that. So, yeah, I'm really been big. I've been big on the avalanche for a few years now. I think this is their best foot forward of the past three, and they're looking to get back to the conference final for the first time in about 20 years, which is hard to believe, but this is a young core that has just gotten better and better. And um, I think the St. Louis Blues have three strong lines that can combat what they do in any given game, but I'm picking on NHL.com avalanche in six games. So that's some respect to the St. Louis Blues, better than what they did last year when they got swept by the Avs in the first round. But again, I think that the Avalanche uh, have the Stanley Cup or bust on their minds here. The Avalanche swept the Blues in last year's opening round. The Avalanche swept the Predators in this year's opening round. Will we see more than four? Well, we'll have to find out throughout this Western Conference semi between Colorado and Nashville. You met, or excuse me, Colorado and St. Louis. Pete, you mentioned it. It's Stanley Cup or bust for the Avs. Do you still believe in the direction Colorado is trending at this point in the Stanley Cup playoffs? Yeah, I do. And some other things I didn't mention yet about them. I mentioned the Kadri X factor for the playoffs at large. They are also in, you know, the upgrade with Kemper, but they also have a couple of defensemen. One, Eric Johnson, who's been productive this year. Um, He missed the large chunk of last year and missed the entire playoffs. Bowen Byram, promising rookie on defense. Um, dealt with a lot of injury the past two years and did not play in the playoffs last year as well. So if we talk about other layers that they didn't have last year, uh, Mm. coming back even stronger this year, super motivated uh, to cast away those playoff demons in the second round. Again, I think it's it's a great opportunity for them. They don't have to deal with Vegas in the playoffs this year. Uh, They're going to have to go through St. Louis and then either you know, Calgary or Edmonton. I think it's relatively favorable for the Avs, but they still got to take care of business. I like their futures appeal um, like everybody else does, but this could be the year that they finally get over the top. The favorites to win the Stanley Cup at plus 210. And odds on minus money favorite in the West at minus 115. And a 215, minus 215, money line favorite in game number one tonight at home against the St. Louis Blues. All of that expertise Coming from Pete Jensen of NHL.com, the host of the Fantasy on Ice podcast. Pete, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it. And yeah, check out the uh, second round preview we did, NHL Fantasy on Ice, for betting, fantasy pools, and the like. Thanks for having me on. Need to do that. More of TMA up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Playoffs. Playoffs. That has been the focus all Tuesday long here on the morning after on Sports Grid. An entire program pretty much dedicated 
to the postseason, returning to our lives tonight, both in the NBA and the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs as well. We finish out this Tuesday edition of the morning after in just a couple of minutes, live here on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159, the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. And thank you for joining us all across the Sports Grid Network as well. I am Ben Stevens. The Stanley Cup playoffs return in the conference semifinals tonight in Florida between the Panthers and the Lightnings and Lightning, excuse me, and out west between the Avalanche and the Blues. But also the opening game of the Eastern Conference Finals. The Miami Heat, a two-point home favorite right now against the Boston Celtics with an over-under that stands at 2-0-4. But we dive into the props from one of the stars of these playoffs and tonight in Miami. So before we say farewell, before we say goodbye, it's time for another NBA playoff best bet. It's time for Bye Bye Bye. Jason Tatum is that dude for the Boston Celtics. His points prop tonight, 27 and a half. It's the highest prop of all of the point totals for game number one in Miami tonight. But it's not where we're looking. It's not the scoring component of Jason Tatum's game. It's where he's developed as a playmaker, to be that star, to be that dude for the Boston Celtics. In the Game 7 clinching victory on Sunday afternoon in Boston, Jason Tatum had eight assists at home inside TD Garden. He only went over that number in Games 1 and 2 as well throughout that series against the Bucks. But his assist prop tonight in Game Number 1 in Miami against the Heat is at 5.5. And, and the over has some plus money. Jason Tatum is averaging more than six assists per game throughout this postseason. He has gone over this number frequently. He has become a facilitator as well as a scorer, adding to everything he can do on the offensive end. Over five and a half assists for Jason Tatum. The morning after, live each and every weekday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SportsGrid. I'm Ben Stevens, and we'll talk tomorrow.